there are some things that wind me up about Christmas. And if these kind of five or six rules are broken, then I actually get really, really upset. So the first one, Jay Russell, is this. Under no circumstance can you put up any Christmas decorations before December unless you leave them up all year, in which case it's acceptable. So if you just leave your Christmas decorations up January, February, March, April, that's okay, but you're not allowed to put them up before December. If you start doing that, then there's a reason everyone's scroogey. The second one is you're not allowed to talk about Christmas until the Coca-Cola advert's been on TV. Fair point. Yeah, good. Third one is you have to watch Elf, which should have been the most successful Christmas time. Christmas movie of all time. The first one, the fourth one is even if you don't like it, cheese must be eaten in vast quantities. Uh, the fifth is uh, if you have any pets, whether they be dogs or otherwise, you are not allowed ever to dress them in any Christmas outfits. Ever, otherwise I'll be very upset. And the sixth one, which has just gone completely to pot, I've written you need to let me win any Christmas theme games, including quizzes because I'm a little bit competitive. And to come, just, well, no, all year round, really, but specifically at Christmas. And I'm actually a little bit upset that we came last and I got the Bible question wrong. <laughs> I don't know what that says about us as we go forward. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, like this Christmas, I've noticed increasingly more Scrooges. Yeah, people are nodding. Um, particularly like sat in a coffee shop and you just hear people say, oh, I didn't get this last Christmas, and I really wanted this, so I know I'm not, my husband or my wife's not going to buy me this this Christmas. And then the other side of the coin is, oh, I'm fed up with buying presents at Christmas. I don't know what to get anybody. Case in point was my brother, who had a moan at me because I didn't give him a specific item that I wanted for Christmas. I just said, I don't know. And he got really upset with me uh, and got a little fed up. But everyone seems a bit fed up. Fed up of Slade, would you believe it or not? Um... And, and, you know, the kind of holiday season. But more than that, the PC brigade are always out in force at Christmas time, aren't they? You know, save the turkey. So there's not 10 million of this all be vegetarian, which is okay, but I like turkey a lot. Um, or you've got other things where you can't call it Christmas because it's got the word Christ in it. So it's a holiday tree or the holiday season. Um, or you can't have lights or all sorts of other things. And even I saw the other day, I saw Christians doing it at Christmas. Christians being Scrooges at Christmas. I couldn't believe it. And they were getting upset because somebody was talking about Easter instead of talking about Christmas. And they were talking about Jesus when he was grown up and they weren't talking about baby Jesus, as Jeremy Clarkson says. They were talking about him as an adult. And uh, they got really annoyed with that. And it just got me thinking, as I was thinking about what I was going to say today, I thought, actually, uh, we talk about Christmas. You can't really talk about Christmas without talking about Easter, now, I don't mean the eggs and the Easter Bunny, although incidentally, I walked into Londis the other day and I was morally outraged because they were serving mini eggs and cream eggs before Christmas. That is poor form, isn't it? Just me then, okay. They should be stocking, this is a little plug and hopefully Cadbury will send me in the post when this goes viral. Snow bites. There's a little bit of a from all the people that I've been indoctrinating with them. <laughs> They're amazing. They're like covered in icing sugar. Go and find them. Morrison sell them. They're brilliant. But um, Christmas is actually kind of Christmas becomes Easter. It's the same story, which is what I want to just prove to you this morning a little bit. Um, 
because if you take Christ out of Christmas, if you take the, the real reason that we're celebrating out of it, we're not left with anything. What's the celebrations? What's the occasion if we actually aren't looking at the actual story of the Bible? And there's this little, these verses in Matthew 1, I just want to read to you. It says this, um, she will bear a son. So this is one of the references. So this is why I don't believe there's only two. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they call his name Emmanuel. So the angel Gabriel, the story is this, the angel Gabriel is meeting Joseph, is having, uh, talking to Joseph, filling Joseph in. Joseph is Jesus' stepdad, if you like, not earthly father because he's born. Uh, the spirit is the father in one sense, um, in what's going on. It, it's the son of God and Mary. And it, it, he's filling him in that says, Mary, the love of your life is going to have a son. Now obviously, she's a virgin, so that's miraculous. And uh, they don't even get a say in what the little tyke is going to be called. If you've got children, you spend the whole nine-month pregnancy, it seems, arguing about what the child is going to be called. We started with like Zebediah and Zebedee and wound up with Elijah. Um, and you'd always come up with these other... We didn't really, just in case people are worried. But you always have these names that you throw in just to wind up people and say, oh, he's, what was the one we had? Zerubbabel, that's the one. And my mum was going spare, thinking, oh, can I have a bed? what am I going to call him for short? Zeb or Rubbable? <laughs> it doesn't really work, does it? So that's why we ended up with Elijah. That's good. We're good parents. But they didn't even, they didn't even get a say in what their son would be called. That's decided for them, where they say you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Jesus in the Hebrew is Yeshua or Joshua. And the word Joshua, Joshua was the guy in the Old Testament who, um, when they'd fled from Egypt and they were wandering in the wilderness, it wasn't Moses that led them into the promised land. It was a guy called Joshua. And what the promised land symbolized was new life. It symbolized hope. It symbolized a future. They'd been in the wilderness. They'd been lost. And it was Joshua who led them in. And Joshua means Yahweh saves or God saves. And here you have Jesus. You will call him Jesus. You will call him Yeshua because God saves. And then literally a verse later, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. It means one and the same thing. It's not like he's got two different nicknames, but that meaning literally is God with us. And so in just a couple of verses, you have uh, in, in Matthew 1, you have you're going to call him Jesus, you're going to call him Emmanuel, and it means God saves God with us. And I was kind of just dwelling on that and thinking about, you know, the future. And we'll talk about this at the Vision Night a little bit. But what is it that we want to be as a church? We can have all these different doctrines and theological values and stuff. It's all very important. But what, you know, if we were to cut us open, what do we want to be? And I kind of actually believe it's God's with us and God saves. And that's what we have to be going forward, that God saves and God is with us today in all that we face. So God saves, you'll bear a son, you'll call his name Jesus, for he'll save his people from their sins. Talk about having a plan for your child's life set out in front of you. Even before he's born, they say he's going to be called Jesus because he'll save their people from his sins. We all do this with our own children, don't they? I, I do it now with my son in particular. I've got this dream that, you know, I'm, I'm a failed football pro, um, but my son will make it. And, you know, I'll get to walk out at Anfield too. I think it'll be beautiful. Um, but it's kind of living the dream through your children. You kind of hope they'll make it and, you know, uh, be a superstar footballer. 
Um, and that'll be fantastic. But Jesus doesn't have any of that. He's born as rescuer to rescue his people. That's you and I, humanity, since Jesus is born as one of us from their sins. And that's the joy of Christmas, actually, just wrapped up in a tiny little verse there, is that he'll be born and he'll save people from their sins. He, he's here to rescue us. Whatever we've done in the past, whatever we do in the future, whatever we've messed up, as you look back in 2015, if Jesus was just a cult hero, he's not going to do anything for you. If he was just a good man, he's not going to do anything for you. But if he's a rescuer, if he's someone who's come to save you, then whatever we've done, whatever life we've had, whatever 2015 has had, and whatever 2016 will have, if we put our trust in him, he can rescue us. This is what it says in John 10. It talks about um, Jesus as a shepherd and us as sheep. It says, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I'm the door to the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep don't listen to them. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and find pasture, which is his nice way of saying new life. The grass is always greener on the other side. Well, it is if you trust in Jesus. That's what he's trying to say there. The thief only comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But I've come that they may have life. That's us, a life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You know, Jesus gives us new life and comes at Christmas time, not so we can be Scrooge-like. Not so we can be, oh, it's Christmas. Instead, it's massive cause for celebration, isn't it? God comes to rescue you. Now, whether we like Christmas or not, whether we eat cheese or not, whether we agree with we should only celebrate Christmas when the Coca-Cola advert's on, or whether we want to put up our decorations in November or not, even if I won't like you, it's okay, God still will. It's more important than that is this, that God rescues us and that's cause for celebration. Even if Christmas is a difficult time of year for us, for whatever reason, and it can be for many, it's still a cause for celebration at its root cause and value because Jesus came to rescue, and it's good news. The second reason is this, it should be a time full of hope and joy, is because God is with us. He should be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. In the very beginning, if you read Genesis, Eden is an amazing place, but what makes the Garden of Eden so special isn't that, you know, there's great great fruit and that, you know, the animals aren't eating each other. It's not that. The great thing is that God walks with man. That in the cool of the day, they got to walk and commune with God himself. And that gets ruined by us. And yet, once again, what we read here and what we see in Matthew 1 is that once again, God's with his people. John 1 says, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the one and only from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus left his home in heaven, his eternal home. You know, we celebrate his birthday at Christmas, even though he probably wasn't born on in December. And actually, he's eternal. So, you know, can we debate whether he has a birthday or not? But the point is this, it's worth celebrating because God is with us. That It doesn't matter whether it was December, whether it was March, or whether your theology says it's September. The fact is he came. That's what's important. When? Don't matter. Was it a stable? Was it a cave? Not bothered. What's important is that he came, that God is with us, was with us then and is with us now, that he left his home in heaven and stepped into time and space just to be with us. And that's the amazing news at Christmas. I told you it would be short. 
is that God is with us today and that he rescues us today. And so going into 2016, I don't know what that's going to hold. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what God is going to do in and through you, in and through me, and how he can change Chesterfield. But we're going to have difficult moments. We're going to have ups and downs. Life's a bit of a, a journey and a bit of a roller coaster. But some things don't change. And one of those is the true Christmas message. That actually Jesus came to rescue you and he came so that he could be with us. And those things don't change. Having a bad day in February, he still came to rescue us. He still came to be with us. Having your best day in June, he still came to rescue you and he still came for you. So whatever 2015 held for you, whatever 2016 will, it's good to know that, isn't it? Matthew 28 is kind of closing words of the gospel, which we'll get to. We're going through a series in Matthew. We'll probably get to by 2020. And in Matthew 28, one of his, one of his the famous bit of the Great Commission, he says, I'll be with you even until the end of the age. That's a promise of Jesus that he's always going to be with his people. And I know Christmas can be hard for some. And I know some of you just want an excuse as in, you know, you just don't like Christmas. And you want to be a bit frowny, Carl. You know, actually, of all the people on the planet, forget about the commercialization of Christmas. We should be the most optimistic. We should be the most hopeful. We should be the most full of joy. Because Christmas is about Jesus coming, being with us, and saving us forever. If that's not a cause for celebration at Christmas... And on the 25th of December, there's a day marked out in your calendar for it. I don't know what is. Right? I mean, that transcends everything. That transcends whether you get terrible presents or not. You know, and I've had some terrible presents. I, I'll share, I don't know why I'm going to share this with you. It's going to forever haunt me, but I'm going to do it. We've all had terrible presents, haven't we? My worst was from my grandma. I open it up, and it's... Uh, She's going to hear this, isn't she? But it's fine. We couldn't even put it on eBay. It's that bad. No, I'm going to do it. Because you just won't believe this. I must be in my 20s, you know, fully grown man. And I'm sure, and it, yeah. Sky blue. Budgie smugglers. If you don't know what they are, Google it. Well, actually, don't Google it. No matter if on December 25th you get something worse than that, if that's possible, it's still cause for celebration. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they couldn't go on eBay. No. <laughs> no comment. That's just gone horribly wrong. So with that lasting image in your minds... Christmas is good because Jesus came to rescue us and Jesus is with us now. And that's what's worth remembering over this Christmas season. And actually, there was a, a famous quote which I found on the internet. I can't remember who it's attributed to, but it, it equates Christmas and the true Christmas with Jesus Christ. Not all the other stuff, but with Jesus Christ. And it says, if you have, it's something to the effect of if you have Christmas, you know, if you have it in your heart, Christmas in your heart, then actually you have it all year round. The, the thing that you celebrate at Christmas is something we celebrate all year round. That Jesus is alive today. He's reigning forevermore. And he can change your life. If you don't know him, the best gift you can have this Christmas is meeting Jesus. Because he changes your life forever. Because he's come to rescue us. And he's come to give us new life.